Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day, there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And we're going to have so much fun today. You know, this is one of those days when I should have hit record right at the very start because we had so much fun in, in our early chat, but we'll repeat it. Um, you know, and, and so, like I said, we're going to have a great time talking with Mark Carpenter today. So welcome, Mark. How are you doing? Thank you, Deb. I'm so excited to be here with you. We we did have some great conversation before you hit record, so I hope we can replicate that. I know. Hopefully, we, we didn't just wear it out hour. and, yeah, we'll go, hi, <laughs> how are you? But you would think with what we're going to talk about, we'll be okay. I'm pretty sure we'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. So let me tell folks just a little bit about you, and then we'll jump into this. So Mark Carpenter is a serial storyteller. Even as a child, he loved to tell stories, mainly to get attention. Now he teaches people how to more intentionally tell stories that teach, lead, sell, and inspire to accomplish business and personal goals. He is the co-author of the best-selling book, Master Storytelling, How to Turn Your Experiences into Stories that Teach, lead, and inspire, and he is the co-creator of the Master Storytelling Workshop. When he's not training, speaking, coaching, or creating new content, Mark is likely spending time outdoors near his home in Utah, playing the piano, bragging about his wonderful grandchildren, or writing children's books. So again, Mark, welcome to the program. Boy, I, I listened to that and I go, who is that interesting person? That I sounds know. much more interesting than I feel like my life is. I know. I know. <laughs> you know, we we hear our bios. We're like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> but of course, it's all true. But it always makes me wonder, how is, is it that you got to where you are today? Yeah, that's a long and wandering path. And you can imagine there's probably several stories that I could tell along there. But I'll I'll kind of get to the the main point of it. About six years ago, I helped a friend uh, write a book. Mm -hmm. I basically was ghost writing for him. It was okay. his ideas. I didn't want to take it away from him. And so we made this agreement. And I kind of helped ghost write the book. I, at the end of that process, I had the writing bug. And I've been a writer most of my life in, mm -hmm. in various different forms. And I said to my wife, I feel like I need to write my book, but I don't know what my book is yet. Mm -hmm. And she looked at me as only those who are closest to us can and said, oh, I know what it is. And I'm like, what do tell? How can you know yeah. what it is if I don't know? Uh -huh. How can you know? Mm -hmm. She says, no, you need to write a book about how you take these everyday experiences that you have and you turn them into stories that teach a lesson. Mm. And my first thought was, well, that's not a book. That's just what people do. Right. And she said, no, 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 no. You do that naturally. Somehow mm -hmm. in your life, you have developed that. But that's a skill that you could help other people develop. And I started talking with my good friend, Daryl Harmon, about that. And Daryl was at a, at a place where he had some time. And so we got together and co-authored the book, Master Storytelling, mm -hmm. and created the workshop that goes along with it. And now we, as the bio said, help people more intentionally 
take those real life experiences and turn them into stories that can teach, lead, sell, and inspire. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and storytelling is a skill, you know, and, and I think the problem is so many people think I can just get up there and ramble and, but no, you know, it is a learned skill that you need to do. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, it, the distinction we make is between sharing an experience mm -hmm. and telling a story. So I could share the experience that I had of the last vacation that I went on. Mm -hmm. And I could tell you about all the different things that we did on that vacation. Mm -hmm. And it might be interesting. It might be enlightening at some point. But there's probably not a point that you're making at the end. Mm -hmm. And So we look at it as how do you take that experience and winnow it down into what's the lesson that you learn from that experience. Okay. That's the story that you're telling. Mm -hmm. And story has a structure more than just, I'm going to walk you through the chronology of everything that mm -hmm. happened in this. And then you take from that what you want. There's a point at the end of it that I'm trying to make with that story. And so that's why the subtitle of the book is around teach, lead, and inspire. If I had mm -hmm. to do it again, I'd put sell in there as well mm -hmm. because we talked to a lot of sales professionals right. about using storytelling mm -hmm. in sales. Right. And so that's the key difference. It's the intentionality of, I am telling this story to make this point mm -hmm. to teach, lead, <laughs> sell, or inspire. Mm -hmm. So why is this a good skill for leaders to have? Because I think the problem is they think, we need to tell people just the facts, ma'am, right? Didn't some, some police TV show did that? <laughs> just the facts, ma'am. Um, you know, and, and, and they don't embellish. They certainly don't want to tell you anything personal. So why is it important that leaders learn how to be good storytellers? I, yeah, and as I start this, I want to make the point I'm not discounting the importance of facts. Right. We still need that information. Yeah. The information is still really important. Mm -hmm. But storytelling is how people make sense of the world. Mm -hmm. This is uniquely human to us. This mm -hmm. is how we connect with each other mm -hmm. and how we really understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. Let me give you a for instance. Uh, years ago, I was working in a corporate communications department for a small software company. It had about 150 people. Mm -hmm. We had a new CEO. The new CEO came in and he was very much a numbers guy. The previous CEO, he was the founder. He was the one with the vision. He was a storyteller. Mm -hmm. He loved to connect to people. First company meeting with a bunch of software engineers, and I'm helping the CEO create his slide deck. And he says, I just want to go through every point of EBITDA with everybody. Now, if you're not familiar with EBITDA, now business leaders on the, uh, on the mm -hmm. podcast are probably familiar with that. Or earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, right. amortization. Lots of numbers. <laughs> lots of numbers. Lots of numbers, lots of detail, mm -hmm. which are very important financial measures. Right. Mm -hmm. But think about the audience. If you've got mostly out of the 150 people in the company, probably 100 of them were software engineers. Mm -hmm. They understand EBITDA and what that means to them. Mm -hmm. And so my counsel to him was, okay, but explain what this means to the the members of the team. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to a software developer when you're sharing all of mm -hmm. these EBITDA numbers? And he says, well, they they should get that. And I said, they don't. Right. They don't. And they're they, not going to they, tell you they, they don't. Been through, yeah. It, it, and, and, and if they've been through an accounting class, it was very early in their college education and they mm -hmm. don't remember it. Mm -hmm. You need to make this connection for them. No, mm -hmm. no. They need to figure that out or they don't belong here. Mm -hmm. was the CEO's response. Yikes. Now, you tell me, Deb. Mm -hmm. 
when the CEO stood up there and presented all these EBITDA numbers, what were the 100 uh, software engineers in the audience doing? Sleeping. Yeah. (laughs) Checking out one way or another. There were some that were literally dozing off. Right. There were others that were on their devices. On their phones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There were, there were others that were doing other Mm -hmm. things. I, I don't even remember all the things Mm -hmm. they were doing, but they were not making the connection. Mm -hmm. And think about the impact with this new CEO who's trying to connect with this team that he's now leading. Mm -hmm. He he missed. He just struck out. Connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it's and it's not that he was a bad leader because he was a good leader and he really that was passionate about us mm-hmm. hitting the numbers and that that's important. Mm-hmm. But he didn't make the connections with the people. Mm-hmm. That, and so it, it, I look at it as a missed opportunity mm-hmm. to connect. Storytelling will connect you with the people that you're leading. It will help them understand the why behind the what mm-hmm. that you're trying to get people to do. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, I've, I've talked to people on the program before about storytelling, but we just kind of do it at a real high level. And one of the questions I've never asked is, is it okay to make things up? Can it be a <laughs> fiction story? And do, you, and do you have to admit that it is? There's, there's a place in the world for fiction stories. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of great business books out there that are corporate fables. Mm-hmm. That is not the kind of storytelling we teach. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's, a, that's a different thing. We encourage people to use their own real life experiences okay. or the real life experiences mm-hmm. of those around them mm-hmm. to tell the story. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I tell people all the time, your story needs to be truthful. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily need to be accurate. Right. In other words, I tell stories often where I change the name of the person. Right. The we got to protect the innocent. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The other thing that I encourage people to do along these lines is if you're borrowing somebody else's story, mm-hmm. admit that you're borrowing it. Don't okay. try to put yourself into this. So I could is say my Mark experience. once did such and such and so and so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could say my my friend Deb has had this experience that she shared mm-hmm. with me that I think there's a great lesson that we learned mm-hmm. from it. And then I'm going to share your experience. Mm-hmm. If I put that as my experience, I run the risk of somebody asking me a detail right. that I don't know the answer to. Or they've heard it from that person and they're like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They know the person that's like, mm-hmm. sounds exactly like Deb's story. Why, mm-hmm. why, how could that exactly happen? Right. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's risks in that. Mm-hmm. So be honest, be authentic mm-hmm. about it. The, the authenticity of your stories, of mm-hmm. your experience is what really is going to make the connection mm-hmm. with people too. Right. That I, I, I was, I was leading a, 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 a training it, it was a trainer uh, facilitation uh, workshop. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that people had to do is they trained a part of this content was to share a story. Mm-hmm. And one of the people in their teach back was sharing this experience. And it was funny. It was hilarious the way she was presenting it. Mm-hmm. And so I could tell she was exaggerating something. But as she went on, I started to just get this little nagging thing in the back of my brain. It was mm-hmm. like, there's something off with this story. Mm-hmm. And so as we were doing the debrief, some people were saying, oh, we thought your story was hilarious. That was so funny. We, we, lo- we loved that. And I said, did that really happen? And she looked a little shy. You got a went, long, dramatic pause, right? Not, not really. Yeah. The, the, it wasn't even a dramatic pause. It was the awkward pause. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> that, that <was> <laughs> Busted. Said, well, not, not really. I kind of made it up. Mm-hmm. And I went, yeah, I felt that. 
Mm-hmm. I, I could I could feel that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so you, you run the risk of coming across as inauthentic. Mm-hmm. And as a, as a leader, especially, you do not want to be in that position. Right. You because do then they don't believe come. anything else you say. Right. Right. You, you damage your own credibility. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and obviously there's TMI, you know, you don't want to share too much. And we've all seen examples of that, right? Whether it was in personal or, you know, professional settings, but it's, you know, I think the the thing with stories is it really does help us, as you said, to connect with people, to know, oh my gosh, Mark's gone through the same thing I have, or, you know, I, our company isn't doing as well as I thought, but here's, here's why, and here's how it affects me. You know, it's, it's like you said, with the, those software engineers, I really don't care about the high level stuff. I want to know, do I have a job tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Or what can I do mm-hmm. to impact the direction the company is going? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and and sometimes this is a mistake that we make as leadership too. We we put out mission, vision, values, and those mm-hmm. are important things. Right. It's important to have clear direction. Mm-hmm. But what do those things look like? Because we carve them me? in stone and we put them on the walls. <laughs> yeah. But the the key is that the story is going to get you from words on the wall to behaviors mm-hmm. in the hall. And the behaviors in the hall are what going to stick with people. Mm-hmm. What does it look like to show integrity in our company? Mm-hmm. What does it look like to put the customer first? Mm-hmm. And I'm using my air quotes there mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. those are very common right. kinds of phrases that we put mm-hmm. into those mission, vision, value types mm-hmm. of statements. And they're important. They're great mm-hmm. things to focus on. But people need to know what does it look like? Mm-hmm. So as you're talking about those things, say, let me give you an example of what putting the customer first looks like, mm, mm-hmm. or maybe even an example of here's an example of what putting the customer first doesn't look like. Right. We don't want to be in that situation. Mm-hmm. I tell a story sometime that my, uh, of my sister's experience that she had this terrible interaction with people um, right after her husband died oh. about some of the medical bills. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I won't go through the whole thing, but the, the crux of it is they said, well, this is in your husband's name. We need to talk to him. <laughs> and, and she, she said, said, don't we wish? He, but he recently passed away. Mm-hmm. He, this medical bill was the, 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 the ambulance taking him to the hospital. The final. That mm-hmm. he died. Mm-hmm. She says, well, I can't really move this forward unless we have a conversation with him. And she's like, what is this person? Are you not, not paying attention? <laughs> you know, and everybody that listens to that story goes, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. what is wrong with that right. person? That's a story that you could tell to say, mm-hmm. we don't want to be that. Right. What would you have handled that differently mm-hmm. so that we're actually treating our customers like mm-hmm. people? And, and those are great stories mm-hmm. to sink in the values in practice mm-hmm. within the organization. Right. Right. You know, and 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 that practice are things like empowering the employees because those people had a script and they were told, you do not deviate from the script. One would hope. That as they're saying that, they're thinking, I can't believe I'm having to say this. I just can't believe I'm having to ask her dead husband to talk to us. Um, yeah. You know, and and so it's 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 not just the 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 story. It is that process. You know, have you told your employees it's okay to say, I am so sorry. I mean, yeah. you know, that would have gone so far with your sister. And then they could have said, uh, we'll figure this out. You know, we need to know what to do. and. You know, it's just, but, and, and treating those people like they're human also, 
because she didn't, you know, the, the people didn't want to be saying that. They knew what they were saying was absolutely stupid, we would hope. Um, but yeah, it's 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 this whole process. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's really it, giving people permission to be human. Mm-hmm. And and one of the best ways to be human is to to tell the story. Mm-hmm. Because this is how we connect as a species. Right. This is how we, like I said earlier, this is how we make sense of the world mm-hmm. is through those stories. And so it connects us as human beings. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and and it does connect us. And and I love that you mentioned that it's it's good for sales because that really is one of the big things. And and that goes all the way back to, you know, Carnegie and all of those various sales things on connecting with people, right? They sent out birthday cards, physical birthday cards, right? Um, you know, and and but when they tell the story, you know, they can be talking about toner for a printer you know how do well you know you talk about we you know we were able to get somebody their toner and they printed their wedding invitations you know things where people can just they it's it's again it's that way that they connect with them yeah and so i'll take that toner example you know you could even tell the story of yeah i was talking with one of my other clients Mm -hmm. and they were so frustrated because Mm -hmm. they couldn't get uh, the toner that they needed and they missed an important deadline mm-hmm. on an important project. Mm-hmm. That's why when we work with our clients, mm-hmm. we have an automatic renewal on your toner right. and we base it pay, uh, uh, on your usage so that you will never have that situation. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have to experience the pain that that person mm-hmm. experienced. Right. And now that my, they're one of my clients, they aren't experiencing that mm-hmm. pain anymore. Right. You know, and, and and that's that's a really broad example. Your story would be better and would be mm-hmm. more specific, but it's sharing with people what does this mean to me? What kind of mm-hmm. pain am mm-hmm. I overcoming? Right. People don't buy products and services. Right. They buy alleviation of pain. Mm-hmm. Right. They, they they buy something that's going to mm-hmm. help them overcome mm-hmm. a problem or prevent a problem. Right. Yeah, and it's funny. I'm a marketing person. That's my background, and so you know we were taught fix somebody's pain, fix somebody's pain. And I recently have come to the conclusion that there's something else. How do we give them pleasure? Right. And, you know, and, and so I like, you know, and, and that's also the thing, you know, how can we help them to, to do something good or achieve something good, whatever it is, you know, it's not just let's fix their pain. It's let's bring them pleasure. I was talking just last week to somebody who wants to bring in our master storytelling workshop for their um, sales team, uh, and, and it, it's their partner sales team that they're working with, and I and I just I asked him. I said, what, "What are you trying to accomplish? What do you want to do by by having these people tell stories better?" And he said, "They work okay with their clients. But I don't know that they have as strong a connection with their clients as they could, mm. and I want them to start connecting mm-hmm. with their clients." on a more personal level, because that's going to allow them to make it easier mm-hmm. to maintain those clients going right. forward and, and to keep that client happy. So that's to that same side. Mm-hmm. I, I want to make a, a stronger connection mm-hmm. that is going to bring us better relationships right. as we go forward. Right. Well, we've all heard, we work with people we know, like, and trust. And you know, the, the, the trust comes from those stories. 
Well, the the no and the like comes from those stories too. You immediately nah, don't want to work with Mark. Nope, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Or say, I'll, okay, I'll go back yeah. to our pre- preliminary conversation before we hit record. Mm-hmm. We started talking, and all of a sudden, we started sharing some experiences mm-hmm. and some right. commonalities and some mm-hmm. things that we could relate to. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, we like each other more. Mm-hmm. We know each other a little right. better. We trust each other mm-hmm. more. I'll, I'll throw into that not to get too geeky on the science part of it. But part of it is that what happens in our brains when we hear a well-told story from someone. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dr. Paul Zak at Claremont Graduate University has has done research around this. And you talked about this in your book. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. This is is in the book. This is one of the fascinating things that I I learned when I took my wife's advice and actually Mm -hmm. wrote the book. Mm -hmm. Because I found out, oh, there's reasons this Mm -hmm. works so well. I had kind of naturally developed this skill, but there's reasons that it works. And Dr. Zach identified these three chemicals that I just think is fascinating. That when you introduce characters that the listener can relate to, mm-hmm. the listener has an increase of oxytocin in their brain. Okay. This is the trust hormone. Ah. You get an increase of oxytocin if someone that you care about, someone that you love, gives you a hug for two or three seconds. Mm-hmm. You get a slight increase in oxytocin. Mm-hmm. It creates connection. It mm-hmm. creates trust. So think about this. If I'm trying to get a team that I'm leading to trust me more, if I'm trying to get a client that I'm working with to trust me more, I want them to have an increase of oxytocin Mm -hmm. as they're talking to me. The second thing is that when you introduce some conflict into your story, Mm -hmm. when you introduce that pain or that lack Mm -hmm. of the pleasure, they get a slight increase of cortisol. Mm -hmm. Now, cortisol in small amounts increases the attention Mm -hmm. of the listener. They want to. They want to hear how it's resolved. There you go. They, they're they're asking what next, mm-hmm. and so they're engaged with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what you want with your clients? Isn't that what you want with your team? Mm-hmm. And then the third thing he identified was the neurotransmitter dopamine, mm-hmm. which you get when the story comes to some kind of satisfactory mm-hmm. conclusion, or where you can come up with a better conclusion than what happened. I used the example of my sister's experience earlier that things didn't go well, but when you you end that story with, what would you have done different? Mm-hmm. Well, I get this sense of satisfaction and accomplishment mm-hmm. because I can come up with a better solution. Right. Or if I hear somebody that overcame a problem, I can go, ooh, I could get that too. Mm-hmm. And dopamine is that sensation that you get when you check something off your to-do list mm-hmm. or you level up on a video game. Or you just have a mm-hmm. successful conclusion to something. And it gives you that kind of ah, feeling of satisfaction. Right. And so think about all of those reactions that you get from that, the changes in the brain mm-hmm. chemistry and telling the story. Those are the things that we want and that connect mm-hmm. us as a species as we're working with mm-hmm. other people. Right. We will be seen more as the person you know, trust, and like mm-hmm. because of that story that you've told. Right. Right. You know, and it's okay to include some of those facts and figures in there. Oh, you know, you might say we in, you know, s- increase something by 50%. You know, their profit turned around. They solved this problem. You know, you can include those. So for the people who are the facts and the figures, you know, then you, you just include it in there. But that is again, where you have to be authentic. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, should people practice their stories? Does it, or are those people who are just naturally Mark Twain? <laughs> no, I, I think you mentioned this earlier. Storytelling is a skill mm-hmm. and, and it's developed like any other skill. And so I'm going to, I'm going to throw this back to you, Deb. Um, 
because we talked about this a little bit mm-hmm. in, our, in our introduction too. Your very first podcast episodes that you hosted, mm-hmm. how good were you as a podcast host? Oh, not good. <laughs> I am pretty sure it was <laughs> not good. Now, I had a great time, and I can actually tell you who it was. We were talking social media, and I had a wonderful time talking with her. But did I know how to do it? No. Um, you know, and so I'm sure our enthusiasm, and, and I do not go back and listen to those old episodes. Oh, no. Uh-uh. But I had a great time talking with her, but was it, a, you know, an award winning? No. Uh uh-uh. uh. And so, how did you get better? I practiced. I've been doing this a long time. You're episode 933 and I'm still learning. I mean, that's the important thing too. Yes. Thank you for bringing that in. I'm still learning too. There are Mm -hmm. still times that I, that I'll bring something into a story the first time I tell it and go, Ooh, that didn't work. Mm -hmm. And and you can't know that until you actually do it. Mm -hmm. Now, certainly don't just go off the cuff, Mm -hmm. prepare, identify what's the purpose Mm -hmm. that I'm trying to get to in this story. Mm -hmm. That's the starting place. Mm -hmm is what is the intention that I'm mm-hmm. leading to? What's the message mm-hmm. that I want people to walk away from right. that's going to lead them to action, inspire them mm-hmm. to change, teach them something important, mm-hmm. move them to, to, to buy or to at least consider more al- along that sales process. Mm-hmm. And so you need to practice and prepare with that, mm-hmm. but listen and learn. Look at the mm-hmm. faces of the people that you're telling the stories. Right. You, you'll Did they fall asleep? <laughs> yeah. Or did they go, hmm, I didn't quite get that. Mm-hmm. What does it lead to? Mm-hmm. Practice with friends. Mm-hmm. Practice with yourself. We all have these great little devices that are great practice devices. That, right. that, that, that we hate watching stupid. ourselves, but it's okay. We hate watching ourselves. We hate listening to ourselves. Mm-hmm. But if you record yourself telling a story and then listen back to it, if you can get beyond, oh, I hate how I looked there. I hate the sound of my voice. Mm-hmm. You will get ooh, that phrase didn't work. That didn't mm-hmm. make sense right. in the context of what I'm trying mm-hmm. to get to. And so you can do some self-practice mm-hmm. that way as well. But it's a skill just like any other skill. right? And people can develop it who are not natural storytellers. Mm-hmm. They just need to work at it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and you do have a, a, a workshop, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. But what about things like extempor- extemporaneous, see if I can say it, um, speaking or improv classes. Does that help with some of this? Yeah, I think that helps with just getting your mind around moving quickly. Okay. Because improv comedy is all about how quickly can I Mm -hmm. process something and bounce off the Mm -hmm. other person. When it comes to storytelling, the great skill that you develop there is which of these stories in my story bank is appropriate to use Mm -hmm. in this situation. Right. Because as you build up those stories, Mm -hmm. it's, oh, this is the time that that story is going to work mm-hmm. and have the impact that I need it here. Mm-hmm. And so that's really the skill that you, that you get from any mm-hmm. kind of improv right. work. Do, do you have to have that to be a good storyteller? Eh, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most of us are in situations where we can, we can prepare the story mm-hmm. and we don't have to improv it in the moment. The good news is, and this goes back to, should we make up stories? Mm-hmm. If it's my own experience, it's so much easier for me to remember the story. Right. Because I was there. I mm-hmm. lived it. And so I don't have to think, oh, how, how did this story go again? Mm-hmm. And kind of like if you lie, story. you have to remember what the lie was. There you go. It's your own experience. It's your mm-hmm. own story. So it's easier to tell mm-hmm. in those moments. It kind of takes some of that stress mm-hmm. off of those impromptu mm-hmm. moments. Right. 
You know, and obviously there are people who have to really prepare and have to write everything down. I am more of an extemporaneous speaker. And it was funny, years, years ago when I took speech in, in college, I never prepared. I never. I mean, almost always it was extemporaneous. And the really funny thing was my professor never knew. I mean, I, I was that fast on my feet. And, but and I don't know if that was good or bad, but, um, you know, we do. And now I might outline it. I mean, you know, it depends on what it is, right? If I have to have visuals, then I'm going to have those done in advance and I'll know kind of what, but it's, it's knowing what your skill set is. If you're the person that needs to write it down, then write it down. Uh, you know, and, and, but God forbid, don't read your notes. No, 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 uh-uh. no, that's where a good speech class comes in. Right. But, you know, just know what your own strengths and weaknesses are. Yeah. And, and again, it's knowing the intent that you have behind that story Right, that, that helps people. I refer to it as it helps people land the plane. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we get caught up in telling our experience and we're mm-hmm. wandering around looking for the point. Mm-hmm. And so the story kind of goes on and on and on. And the listener sitting there going, well, where are we going with this? What, are we ever going to finish here? this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you know what the point is you're trying to make, mm-hmm. you can self-edit out right. the portions of mm-hmm. that experience that don't really mm-hmm. lead to that point. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the intentionality of what am I trying to get across here? Mm-hmm. What's the action that I want people to take? What's the takeaway that I want mm-hmm. them to absorb and really noodle on after the story is done. When you know that, it directs you a little bit more mm-hmm. on preparing that story and delivering. Right. You know, and in most cases, shorter is better. I mean, you know, you want to give them enough, but you don't want to go on. You use the example in the book of the guy who was telling something and he said, well, now this happened on Tuesday. Well, maybe it was through, maybe it was Friday. It, the day of the week didn't matter, you know, for the most part. Yeah. Now, if it was Christmas or New Year's, that might have made a difference to the story. But you want to back to kind of just the facts. I mean, you know, you want to have the the things in it that matter to the story, but you know, the things like I don't remember if it was Tuesday. Now that said, when we were in COVID, right? That was what I'm like, I have no idea what day of the week it is. <laughs> you know, and and we made it a joke. It was kind of one of those where, okay, it's just day. Yeah, and and but that kind of went along with the story to be able to say, I don't know if it's Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. I'm just here today. I, I had somebody during COVID say this happened on eh, Blur's Day. Uh, <laughs> I know I like Blur's all kind of, Day. They all run together, so it just all feels like Blur's Day. Right. Every day seems the same. I thought that was such a great description mm-hmm. of what the days felt mm-hmm. like during COVID. Right. It's Blur's Day, mm-hmm. <laughs> but again, people associated with that. They all went, yeah. "Yep." Mm-hmm. I got it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it, it, that's one of those things that I haven't thought about that for ages, mm-hmm. but it stuck with me so much right. because of the point you just made, because mm-hmm. I could relate to it. Mm-hmm. I say, yeah, I'm blurring all my days together mm-hmm. too. It's hard for me to keep track of mm-hmm. days of the week. And then that can be relevant in the story that you're telling mm-hmm. because it sets up that emotional mm-hmm. connection right. of things that we've of experiences mm-hmm. we've had in common. Right. Yeah. Shared experiences are obviously one of the the best ways to bond with people. Yeah. And you have to be a little careful with that because there's, this is knowing your audience. Mm -hmm. You have to know who your audience is. So for example, we were, we were talking about your pets a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. And if I make the assumption that everybody in the audience has had a pet and had a great experience with their pet Mm -hmm. and that's the point of my story. Right. 
I'm going to lose the people who either didn't have pets mm -hmm. or maybe had a bad experience right. with a pet. Or just don't like them. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's, I'm qualifying that as the bad experience, mm -hmm. the bad, but I think so it, it, again, know your audience mm -hmm. right? so that you can make that connection. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's interesting. People don't make the connection between storytelling and listening. Mm -hmm. They think that storytelling is one way. This is me mm -hmm. telling my story, right? but it requires us to really listen so mm -hmm. that we understand mm -hmm. what the needs of the people that we're talking to are to tell the story to tell the right story, mm -hmm. but also tell it in the right way mm -hmm. so that it actually makes those connections that right. we want to make mm -hmm. through storytelling. Right. And adapting to those changes. Um, I've told this before uh, a couple of times it, when I've been interviewing people, I was giving a presentation about LinkedIn. I mean, you know, ugh, LinkedIn, I mean, we love LinkedIn, right? Um, and, and so I'm, and, and these were out of work engineers. Now that now, I knew they were out of work. The engineer part should have keyed me in fairly, but I didn't, right? So I was not paying attention to my audience. And so I'm going through my, my presentation. Now, I had a gentleman who arrived late, and he made a production of arriving late, right? He's one of those. And so I'm partway through my presentation, and I'm telling stories, and, and, and I was. I was telling stories. And I kept saying, we. And he's from the back row stops me and says, you shouldn't be saying we because you haven't done that. And I immediately said, you're right, because he was. I mean, you know, they, they everybody there knew that. And, you know, Dernavi didn't interrupt me several more times, and I actually asked him to leave. But, uh, you know, it was, that's that's part of knowing your audience, you know. And now I was able to immediately adapt. I, got, I probably had a couple more we's in there, but, you know, then it was you. And I knew to say, this is what you should be doing and, and things like that. But yeah, I, you know, I was, even though he was obnoxious and rude, he was saying what most people in there were probably thinking, you know, and, and so yeah. I needed to, and, but I could have probably picked that up by watching their facial expressions, you know, because every time I said we, they might've gone, hmm, you know, and, and things like that. But, but yeah, you know, it's, it is in following, you know, what you're seeing and what you're hearing, you know, are you hearing, hmm. You know, or things like that. Then, yeah. then you know, okay, this is 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 you know what's going on, and I need to change in, in now, not lie, not any of those various things. But like I said, you know, just changing from we to you or I, um, you know that that helped you know with with that that process. Yeah, we we refer to this as watch your language, mm -hmm. and sometimes people think, well, I'm not going to stand up there and use the, the curse words or anything right. in in mm -hmm. my story. But be careful of, of how your language excludes or includes mm -hmm. the people in your audience. Right. Uh, a good good friend of mine was was giving a presentation to uh, a group at Microsoft. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of it, this wasn't part of the planned presentation. It just kind of popped up in her language. And she said, well, and if you want to know more, Google that. Oh. Now, <laughs> think of who the audience is. These are Microsoft employees. Yes. And she heard this collective <gasps> uh, across the group and realized, mm -hmm. oh no, they don't use Google here. They use Bing. That's mm -hmm. it's the Microsoft search mm -hmm. engine. And she just realized I have just damaged my credibility right. in, in telling mm -hmm. this because of that one simple right. word. Right. So again, it's listening, it's knowing mm -hmm. your audience and knowing what's going to connect with them. Mm -hmm. right. Well, but she could have turned it into a joke. 
She could have said, and she, wait, I, if you do Google, it's not going to give you the right answers. So we, of course, have to use <laughs> Bing, right? You know, something like that. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's the part of adapting that we need to be able to do. Yeah. And, and again, it, it's, it's knowing what your intentions are. Mm-hmm. What is my purpose in telling this story? Mm-hmm. And knowing who you're telling it to right. so that you can connect to them in mm-hmm. the right way. Right. And there are obviously times where it's not appropriate. To tell a story, um, you know, they just want the facts. They, you know, I, you know, I, is is this going to help me get a better job? Yes, no, okay, <laughs> you know, or whatever yeah. it is, and and that's okay. Although but you can weave the stories in something, later. Mm-hmm. Where something personal like that is, is this mm-hmm. going to help me get a job? Mm-hmm. It's like okay, but how? Right. And the story can tell the, mm-hmm. the how. Mm-hmm. No, I think I think you're right on. Sometimes there, there's there's times that we need to share mm-hmm. information. Hey, we've only got a half tank of gas. Mm-hmm. We've got to fill up before we cross the desert. Yeah. I don't need you know, to know that. about when you ran out of gas in 1949. <laughs> right, right. We don't need the whole story there. Mm-hmm. There's other times when stories aren't appropriate uh, mm-hmm. as well. And I would say in times of of emergency or crisis. Mm-hmm. Right. If I see somebody doing something dangerous, mm-hmm. I want to stop them from doing yes. a dangerous thing. I may come back later and tell them the story mm-hmm. of someone else who was doing exactly what they right. were doing mm-hmm. and lost. So you their knew arm. it was dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that they understand why mm-hmm. I was abrupt with them in that mm-hmm. moment. But in that moment, I don't need to stop and say, let me share with you why that might be a bad idea, what you're mm-hmm. doing right now. Right. Because get your it's, finger it's out of the electric socket. They could, still, <laughs> yeah, they could still get injured as I'm trying to tell right. the story. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, there, there are times when it's not as appropriate. Right. Right. I have those discussions with my mother. I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't need the backstory. <laughs> you know, just, you can tell that to me. I just need to know this. Um, in fact, I had it with her last night uh, and, and it was, this is one of these funny things. I'm going to go into a story. Here we go. Um, where, when we spent Christmas with her, I asked, I watched her TV using my prime Amazon prime account. Right. So we're sitting here in, you know, Atlanta. She's in in Kansas last night. We're watching TV and all of a sudden the TV changes to Amazon. And, and I'm like, and my husband's, what are you doing? I said, I'm not, the remote's over there. It, she was doing something on her TV on Amazon. And, and I don't know why it, that a thousand miles away, we needed to change channels. But um, so what do I do? I call her mom. Are you doing something on Amazon? And she starts to go into a story. No, 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 no. <laughs> I need to know if you're using Prime. And, you know, and and because she was starting to tell me, it's like, no, I need to, you know. And then we went back to her story. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was just get me the facts, then we can go back. Yeah. And that was and, really and, weird. And the story was still pertinent. The story mm-hmm. was still interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. But after you got the answer to the first question. Yeah, after we discovered why my TV was possessed. <laughs> Right. Right. So order matters. Mm-hmm. And the same goes to when we were talking about using data and information, mm-hmm. sometimes where you put the data in, you put mm-hmm. it in at the beginning, you put it in at the mm-hmm. end, you put it in the middle. Right. And you may do any one of those things, mm-hmm. it, it just depending on that situation and where mm-hmm. it's going to be most relevant for people. Right. And sometimes, I mean, you, you need to repeat it depending on what it is. You know, all of those various things. And that is where the practice comes in and, and knowing your audience all of those various things. Yeah, you know, that's and that's another interesting thing about stories. There, there's this great research project that was done at Stanford where they took three groups of graduate students and they gave one group some data 
and they just verbally gave them the data. Mm -hmm. They took a second group and they gave them the data, but they also showed them charts and graphs mm -hmm. that, that illustrated the data. That's a leadership thing to do, right? Mm -hmm. Let's show it in charts and graphs. Right. The third group, they gave them the information, but they embedded it into a story ah. that was relevant to them. Mm -hmm. And then they came back a couple of weeks later and they, they tested each group on how well they remembered things, mm -hmm. how accurately they remember, or how much mm -hmm. they remembered, how accurately they remembered it, mm -hmm. and what the impact of that information was mm -hmm. on them. And the thing that I, one of the things that I found interesting was those first two groups, the groups that got it in just verbal information mm -hmm. and the group that got it in charts and graphs. Mm -hmm. There was no measurable difference in how much or how well they remembered right. it. And it was pretty little, I'm guessing. And it was and it was fairly low. Mm -hmm. The group that got it in the form of the story remembered more of the information, mm -hmm. remembered it more accurately. And this was the second thing that jumped out to me. They found the information more credible. Ah. They had we a reason think, to believe it. There you go. We think that when we give people a bunch of data and we show it to them in wonderful mm -hmm. charts, that's going to increase. We've said it's important. It's in a chart. <laughs> Right. It was so important. We made a graph out of it. It has to be that important. But people are going to remember it better and actually find the information and the person delivering the information mm -hmm. more credible mm -hmm. when they understand that why and how mm -hmm. it connects to them. Right. That's what comes in the form of the story. Right. Well, you know, Mark, we've been talking about the fact that some people are good at this. You and I are just kind of natural storytellers, sometimes to my detriment, I will definitely say that. Um, but we, we've also worked with people. God bless them, are not good at telling stories for whatever reason. So, you know, how do we help them? <laughs> well, first, get my book. <laughs> of course, but of course. The, the, and, and, and really, mm -hmm. it, it, learn. Mm -hmm. it, it's just goes back to what we we're talking about mm -hmm. with, with practicing and learning new mm -hmm. skills. First, you have to learn, okay, what is it mm -hmm. that makes a story a good story? Mm -hmm. What is it that makes that experience a good story rather mm -hmm. than just an experience that I'm right. telling? And so learn, find out what that structure mm -hmm. is. We teach this in our master storytelling workshop mm -hmm. and then practice and get coaching. Mm -hmm. And we, we offer coaching as well to let people tell their stories, mm -hmm. get some feedback on it, tell it again, mm -hmm. get some feedback, tell it again. Right. And so it blends that practice mm -hmm. and feedback that helps people get mm -hmm. better at it. Right. But you, it's, it's like any skill. I go back to the simple one of riding a bike and maybe that's not mm -hmm. simple for some people, but it, it's this fairly common one. Mm -hmm. You can't learn to ride a bike without getting on the bike. Right. You can't just have somebody tell you about it and say, mm -hmm. oh, okay, now I'm good at it. Mm -hmm. You actually have to get out there and do mm -hmm. it. And so that's the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. Learn the structure, learn what it takes to tell a good story and then start working mm -hmm. on it and get some feedback. And the skill will start to come. The skill mm -hmm. will start to develop. Right. It's like anything. You know, you will, with practice, hopefully you will get better or you'll figure out, here are really the things I need to work on. Um, and let's be honest, sometimes it's like, nope, I'm just not good at this. <laughs> you know? um, but, you know, there are also other resources. Toastmasters is one of the, the ones that that I, you know, refer people to. And it's funny, I've never, I've judged Toastmasters, but I've never participated in it. Um, and but it's 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 one of those great resources that people can do that will kind of help them through this. It was you know a resource that I used to tell people, uh, you know, I, I taught at Metro State in Denver for a while, taught communications, right? Um, and I, you know, we they my students would have to give up, get up in front of the class and give presentations. And this one young lady, 
bless her little, you know, oh, you know, she was, she was, I'm going to throw up in the trash can. I mean, she tells me that and I'm like moving away from the trash can. But, uh, you know, that was when I said, and she wanted to go into public relations. I was like, mm, this is a challenge here, honey. But I, I told her, I said, you need to go to Toastmasters. Um, you know, and, and for some reason we didn't have speech classes and things like that, but uh, she, and, and it was funny because she contacted me later and she said that really did help her, but that's just, that's just one of the tools that is out there. And there's now the nice thing is there's a lot of things that are online, um, you know, and, and so, so many different ways where you can help your skills be improved. Yeah. And the nervousness that she was feeling in that moment, the, I want to throw up in the trash can moment there that comes from not having the practice and the experience, mm-hmm. right? The more you practice things, mm-hmm. the more you work at mm-hmm. them, the more comfortable and natural mm-hmm. they become for you. Mm-hmm. And the easier it is mm-hmm. to do them, you're always going to have some nerves. There's mm-hmm. always a little bit of right. nervousness. And it's, that's, you kind of need that adrenaline to, so that you're not up there going, hi, this yeah. is Deb Creer and I'm going to be talking about. Yeah. It keeps you sharp. Mm-hmm. It keeps you interesting. It keeps mm-hmm. you motivated. But if they completely overwhelm you, mm-hmm. then they get in the way. Right. And the 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 bridge, the the thing that mm-hmm. bridges the gap between where it overwhelms me and where it's the right level mm-hmm. is practice and experience. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I, I I loved your book. It had so many great tips to it. And one of the things that it talked about that I haven't seen anywhere else. So kudos to you. Were the things like inflection you know, how to use body movement. And obviously I talk a lot with my hands uh, and, and and I've knocked water over before in, when I've been giving a presentation that was entertaining. Um, but, and I can't, if I'm giving a speech and I have a microphone and the clicker, I'm like, I can't talk, <laughs> but you talk in your book about that. And I thought that was so important because we focus on the words, but we don't focus on how we're delivering those words. And, and and we don't focus on the connection between the words and what we're doing with mm-hmm. our body. Right. Am That's I being so thing. distracting by being propeller hands that, you know, um, people aren't focused. It's at, like we were saying before with people who say, um, uh, you know, it's too much. We focus on that as opposed to what they're saying. Right. And there's a degree of those disfluencies, the ums, the uhs, the ahs, that are natural mm-hmm. in our speech. And, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. So be aware of them. Don't get hung up mm-hmm. on them is the tip that I always give to mm-hmm. people. But when you're delivering your story and you get to the point that you really mm-hmm. want them to catch mm-hmm. from the story, stand still right, and pause mm-hmm. and let that sink in. Maybe even repeat it and slow your language down. You can see I'm doing all the things mm-hmm. that I'm talking about here right. to, to make to that one point. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we brush through it and then we wonder why people didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Well, everything kind of has to work together. This is where coaching is really helpful because sometimes you don't see right. what you're doing mm-hmm. or what you're not doing. Uh, talking about microphones, handheld microphones are a really interesting thing. I heard a professional speaker say, I do not want to use a lavalier. I want that handheld microphone because it forces me to keep this hand still. And if I don't have that hand still, I'm making too many gestures. Mm -hmm. I can do all the gestures I need with the one hand. Hmm. And I want that to be right there. But the problem is if you're not used to a handheld microphone, 
the tendency is for that microphone to start drifting down. And, and then down, you fade away. Your voice gets so soft that no one can hear you. And you don't recognize that when you're the one standing up there mm -hmm. doing it. Because you hear it. <laughs> exactly. You're hearing your voice just fine. And so that's where a good mm -hmm. coach comes in mm -hmm. to, to give you some of that feedback. Mm -hmm. We also have some tips in the book and in the workshop on, on getting coaching. Mm -hmm. That when you're starting out in storytelling, you don't want somebody to give you every single thing that you did wrong. Right. Because then you're you going to say, I want, can't do this anymore. It's discouraging. Mm -hmm. You want people to tell you what was the point of the story that mm -hmm. you took from it? Because you want to see if that was consistent mm -hmm. with the point that you were trying to make. And what did you like about the story? Mm -hmm. Start with those two pieces of right. feedback, then practice it again. And once you've practiced it a couple of times, then you want to ask, okay, was the length right? Was mm -hmm. I going too fast? Was I mm -hmm. going too slow? Are there other ways? And so we give you some specific questions mm -hmm. that you can ask of people that are giving you mm -hmm. feedback to help coach you along the way. Right. right. And it is, you know, like you said, there are these things that people just don't realize. I, I haven't done it for a while, but I used to do media training with people and in particular, men were always a challenge. And, and the ones that we had difficulties with, what do you do with your hands, right? So gentlemen put their hands in their pockets and there they've got their keys, they've got their coins, they've got the every single thing that'll jingle, jangle, jingle all along. And they don't even realize that they've got their own little symphony background going on. So it's just a matter of take everything out of your pocket. You know, yeah. you're more comfortable standing there with your hand in your pocket. That's okay. But don't have anything in there that you're going to be jingle jangling along. Or, you know, you're in your chair. And for the people who are are listening, my chair rocks. And, and but I know, put both feet flat on the ground because that's going to keep me from moving. Um, but again, that's where taping things is going to show you, oh my God, I didn't realize that. I jiggled and moved and did everything I'm not supposed to. Yeah, you were you were talking about teaching a college class, and I taught as an adjunct for a while. And mm -hmm. I remember an experience distinctly. This young man named Josh was presenting, and he stood up in front of the room, and he had in his hand a pen. Mm -hmm. And throughout, oh, clicky, clicky, clicky. This. <laughs> and the farther he went, the mm -hmm. faster he got on mm -hmm. clicking his. He got about three minutes into this ten minute presentation. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, that Josh, I got to call a timeout give for it, a second. Give it. <laughs> I said, I said, put your pen down. And mm -hmm. he goes, why? He had no idea he was doing it, mm -hmm. but I'm looking around the room at the other students and they're all sitting there going, oh. mm -hmm. they can't hear what he's mm -hmm. saying because they're so right. distracted mm -hmm. by that little body movement. Mm -hmm. So it's amazing how hard it is for mm -hmm. us to just stand with our hands at our sides. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or worse to do the fig leaf. About <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where they're, they're crossed in front of mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or we do at ease where we put them behind us. Mm -hmm. Just be aware of mm -hmm. what you're doing. And again, be intentional. Mm -hmm. Use hand gestures right. that make the point mm -hmm. that help get to what you're trying mm -hmm. to talk about. Right. And so that again, takes some practice to right. do that. And that's where it's hard on zoom because our yeah. hands aren't really being shown. And when they are, they're just kind of these little floaty things that are there. Um, but it does, you know, we, we, we need to embrace the fact that, okay, we're probably going to use our hands for emphasis and, and to, you know, all the various things that we do with them. But, but even in a zoom situation, there's a story I tell sometimes where I say the person stepped forward and I stepped back uh, and, and I'll do mm -hmm. the lean back there. Mm -hmm. And it emphasizes that point. Mm -hmm. Even with just that mm -hmm. little bit of a movement back, mm -hmm. 
that I make. So you can mm -hmm. intentionally mm -hmm. incorporate some body movements and hand gestures, right. even in a virtual setting. Mm -hmm. Right. I want to talk a little bit about the written story because, you know, I, I'm going to go back to the very start when I read your bio. That's obviously a written story. And I think it's so important that we're telling the stories as we're writing also. You know, I tell people when they're working on their LinkedIn profile, tell your story there. Make people want to keep reading it. And if it says, hi, I'm Deb Creer, and I do this and this and this, and I went to school here and here and hmm, they're like, no. You know, so how do people work on their storytelling skills in writing? Yeah. And it goes back to that intentionality. Mm -hmm. What are you trying to communicate here? Right. What are you trying to get across? Mm -hmm. I think my LinkedIn bio starts with something like, I've had three careers and I'm in my favorite one right now. That is what it says. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and that just immediately goes, oh, well, wait, what were those other careers yes. and what do you do? And what's, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so immediately you want to get something that catches their mm -hmm. attention mm -hmm. and it's a way to stand out mm -hmm. above other people. You think about all the different introductions mm -hmm. and bios that that you read, <laughs> they almost all sound the same. Mm -hmm. And I can tell when they've been written by a PR firm. <laughs> well, and today, if they've been written by by AI, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and and AI is a good tool for mm -hmm. certain things, mm -hmm. but if you rely on AI to tell mm -hmm. your story, mm -hmm. it's going to sound like everybody else's right. story. Right. So start with the intentionality of mm -hmm. what am I trying to communicate mm -hmm. here. And what is the way mm -hmm. that I can do that in a way that's engaging to the people mm -hmm. that I'm talking to? Right. And that, that's a tricky thing in writing because you're like, well, but I'm talking to everybody. Mm -hmm. Well, but who are the most important right. people for you to talk right. to? Right. You're really How not you talking to, to everybody. Yeah. If you're talking to everybody, you're talking to nobody. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and so it's getting down to what's the key point that I'm trying to get across here and how can I get to that mm -hmm. most efficiently? Right. Uh, the structure that we teach people in master storytelling of having an introduction, a conflict, and a change within mm -hmm. your story, it's designed to prompt those, those you know, brain chemicals that mm -hmm. we've talked about. Mm -hmm. You can do the same thing in your writing. Use right. that same kind of mm -hmm. structure because you want to build into your writing some kind of point where people are mm -hmm. going, oh, wait, what's going to happen mm -hmm. next? Right. Or, oh, I'm interested in mm -hmm. that. Or, hey, I, I can relate to this person. Mm -hmm. And so think of that as your structure, even as you're writing. Mm -hmm. And again, it begins with the intentionality. Mm -hmm. What am I trying to convey here and who am right. I trying to convey right. it to? And it is very much, you know, as you said, getting their attention. Um, because it, it is, it's, you know, are we going to read more? Are we going to read the next sentence, the next paragraph, all of those various things? And, you know, LinkedIn is probably one of the biggest examples of some of the absolute most boring things or the thing that's even worse, they don't put anything, right? That's one of the things I tell people is you absolutely positively have to put something in your about section and it shouldn't just be two sentences. You know, it really does need to be your story. And it's interesting. I just used AI to re rewrite a lot of my marketing materials. And it was, um, it's it, it was it's always fun trying to figure out what to tell it, right? And I'm getting better at that, you know, as opposed to just write a bio, Ugh. you know, it's going to go. And but I use that as the starting point, you know. Then I go back and it's like that word is not a word I would ever use, 
Right. Now I might have to look in a thesaurus, <laughs> you know, but it's, it, you know, to me, and, and you would do the same thing if you were working with someone and they were writing it for you. Um, so that's the thing with, with these tools is, you know, use them as a starting point and then personalize it. I mean, and you absolutely have to personalize your story. That's what we've been talking about. Absolutely. And I love the point that you made there that AI is kind of like hiring somebody else to give mm-hmm. you a starting point on mm-hmm. the writing. It's, it's, it's like hiring a ghostwriter, but you need to look at it mm-hmm. and not just say, okay, I'll just take that. Mm-hmm. I, I started with the story of, of uh, me ghostwriting a book for a mm-hmm. friend of mine. Well, when I wrote that, I know this person very well. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking very intentionally, what would it sound like if he said it? Mm-hmm. And so I was very intentionally trying mm-hmm. to get it out of my voice into his mm-hmm. voice. AI doesn't do that. AI takes no. a compilation of all the mm-hmm. different voices and it'll just write it out there mm-hmm. in the in the most common way mm-hmm. that it happens. So our job is to take that as a starting point mm-hmm. and say, thanks for the tip. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the idea. But that's not a word that I would say. That's mm-hmm. not a phrase that I would use. And put your own unique mm-hmm. voice in there so that it is actually you. Right. It goes back to the authenticity we talked about before. Mm-hmm. If your story sounds like everybody else's story, mm-hmm you're not going to stand out mm-hmm. and it could be inauthentic to those that are mm-hmm. listening to it. Right. And let's be honest, we need to stand out. I mean, that's that's the thing. Uh, what what makes us unique in what we do? We might do a, you know, we might be in an industry like I'm a marketing person. There's lots of marketing people. So what makes me unique? Well, it's my story that makes me unique. It, it's your experiences. Mm-hmm. And so your that, that's why I also pull back to your personal experiences are the ones that matter mm-hmm. because that's what makes you unique. Mm-hmm. Now, it may be similar experiences to what other people mm-hmm. had, which connects us, but your individual experience mm-hmm. is what makes you unique. Right. Well, oh my gosh, Mark, this has been so much fun. We have to do this again because I think it's very hopeful for folks. Um, but until then, how do people find you and connect with you? And what are the services that you provide? The best place to start is on our website, which is master-storytelling.com. So you have to have the little dash between master and storytelling to get to the right place. Um, Start there. We have some free resources on the website that will also tell you when we're doing our workshops and give you an idea of the coaching that we provide for people. I also welcome people to connect with me on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Uh, I try to put a story out at least every week about what's going on and what I learned from that. And kind of prove that point that these stories happen to us all the time. So connect with me on LinkedIn and and I'll answer any questions that you have there. Uh, but join us for a, a workshop or some coaching sessions and we'll help you get to those to those stories so that you can connect with the people that that you need to mm-hmm. and really teach, lead, sell, and inspire in a more human and in a more effective mm-hmm. way. Right. Yeah. And we've been talking about this as being a leadership skill. Folks, we're all leaders. You know, in in some way or another, we are leaders. And so this is a skill that we all should have. Absolutely. And and, and at the same time, we're all salespeople. Mm -hmm. Uh, It it, it doesn't matter what you do. At some point, in some way, you are in sales. Mm -hmm. And so that's a skill that you can use for both leadership and sales that will help you stand out. Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, like I said, Mark, this has been absolutely fascinating. and, And I love this discussion. So I can't wait to do it again. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with? The final thing that I would leave people with is your story matters. 
Don't ever think, well, I'm just an ordinary person. I'm just an average Joe. It doesn't matter. My experiences can't really be that important to anybody else. No, that's wrong. That's false. Your story does matter. And so think about those moments where you learned a lesson, where you had an emotional reaction to something. What's the lesson that you can share with others there that will help you to teach, lead, sell, and inspire more effectively? Oh, gosh, I love it. Well, I'm Deb Creer. I've been having such a fun discussion about storytelling with Mark Carpenter, who is a master storyteller. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.